0: They're here, everyone. They are the smart kids at the shops with their mothers or fathers, riding their bikes around the streets and playing down by the river, as well as talking to their friends on their smartphones. Join the smart kids each week as they discover, explore and solve the mysteries of today. Here's your host, J.T. Crowley.
1: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the. Smart Kids Show. This is my third uh, author. As I said last week, I'm going to take you to a certain place as I travel around the world talking to different authors. So this week, my guest is Dana Petrovic. And she's fr- she was from Croatia. She was She grew up on a rural farm. And when I look at her book, uh, Varna's adventure with Mother Earth I can start to see there is a, a core inspiration there of probably from her childhood life being on the farm in the rural area of Croatia and I don't know if um, kids uh, people that like, you've been to Croatia but it's a beautiful country and the coastline all down by the Adriatic is stunning the um, the coastal scenery the Adriatic Sea is Beautiful and Croatia with split Dubrovnik and Zagreb, the capital. It is a wonderful, beautiful, historic country. And when I was there last, I thoroughly enjoyed it. So I'm really pleased that my author this week comes and uh, you know, was brought up there in Croatia. And when I look about, well, I've done my research on um, my author Dana Petrovic this week, kids. She cares very much about art and culture, civil and human rights, social actions, and, of course, reading and writing. So her book is called "Varna's Adventure with Mother Earth, and it's for children. So, And she says in her blurb that it's to inspire. So I would like to welcome this week Dana Petrovich. Dana, welcome to the podcast show. Thank you. Thank you, John and JT. Thank you. Um, Dana, I've been fascinated. You know, when, I, when I look at your book, uh, I, I look at your story. And like myself, I, I'm, I'm always um, intrigued as to what brings authors, what brings you to writing? You know, what, why did you write the book? What was the reason?
2: Um, yeah, well, there are two different answers to that question. Um, the original reason why I started writing is actually not a cheerful one. It's, uh, it's a very painful one. Um, as you mentioned, I, I grew up in Croatia, and um, I belong to the Serbian minority there. And in the 90s, when I was a student, there were unhappy events happening in my country. And the, the writing helped me deal with all the pain. So I would give this pain that I felt to my protagonists. I would give it. I would uh, free myself in a sense from this pain because the the events were not really not easy. These books that I wrote back then never never got published, and they shouldn't. These were my first books, and it was the first kind of testing and the writing and all of that. But this led me into into writing writing becoming like breathing. I cannot imagine not writing. Um, so that led to me working on my uh, first real book that actually got published, a, work, a book for adults. And while I was working at this book, um, I lived in the Rheingau in Germany. It's a region along the Rhine river near Wiesbaden, um, south-west of Frankfurt, and Main. I know. And yes, it's, a, it's, a, it's, it's the where the Riesling comes from originally, it's the home of Riesling, it's a beautiful, beautiful region, it's our German home actually. And during that time um, I had a garden and I was, um, the neighborhood children, we lived in a block and there would be neighborhood children who would run with me to the garden to see what I will, which dirt, soil, vegetable will we'll I dig up next, it was the biggest excitement what will, what's coming uh, out next. And on this particular day, while I took the break from the other book and went to the garden, children of course came with me again and I uh, dug out uh, an earthworm, a common earthworm. And all of these children went like, yuck. Mm. Um, And And he said, but no, this is an important contributor to the garden. No, this is is not yucky at all. This is a beautiful earthworm. And the children just couldn't kind of share my enthusiasm for the earthworm. So I got my vegetables and they followed me back. And actually, on the way back, the story was forming in me. Um, And I went to the desk. I opened Word document. I didn't even know in which language I will write. I mean, I wrote the other book. I was, uh, the other book was in German. So I got to the desk and I started writing WANA in English. And the first draft just came down. The first draft just, just got inspired by this effect that we don't know who, how every single element in, in Mother Nature contributes to the overall well-being, including the earthworms. And that that inspired me to write a book. I did not mention an earthworm in my book, but there's another animal that Wana doesn't find so pleasing and so beautiful, and she goes, yuck. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's, I,
1: I was watching your YouTube video, and you mentioned about, when I mean, you were standing on, uh, I would imagine you were standing on, on a rock or a boulder or something like that, with the Adriatic in the background. Yes, talk, yes, yes. Talked about the earthworm and the kids going, ugh. <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> yes, exactly. So that, that video, yes, exactly. That video was filmed on a beach where we like to go to swim in an, uh, very near our home in Croatia. Yes. So anyway, if anybody wants to see how Croatia looks like, that video is a good, cha- good choice uh, because the Adriatic is in the background.
1: Yes. Oh, it's beautiful, isn't it?
2: Yes, it is. It is. So that's that's the background. That's the background behind Venus adventure with Mother Earth.
1: Oh, uh-huh. I mean, as a child, um, I hated reading, and my mother, as I say, a lot to a lot of the kids, who listen in. And when I go to the schools, um, I, I hated reading. My mother was an English teacher. <laughs> <laughs> she pulled her hair out uh, with me. Um, <laughs> I would, um, I would, uh, you know, oh, she'd get me to sit down and read a page. And at the end of the page, I would go, oh, can I go now? And she would just be exasperated because she loved books. My brother loved books. Uh, But me, I was the difficult one to get, sit me down to read a book was very difficult. I just wasn't interested. And there was other things to do. Um, so, but then a book caught my imagination. That started me to read and start to like reading books. But I struggled uh, even throughout my teen years and even when I started working the bank. And so I'm always fascinated to know what other authors mean. As a child, did you love reading books and what did you read?
2: Oh, I, uh, I loved books. I loved books up to a point of really frustrating my parents. We, as, as you mentioned, I grew up in a rural um, part of Croatia, near the capital, uh, not far from the capital, from Zagreb, uh, beyond a big piece of land. There was always work. There was always um, things to care for. And I always, I got few times in trouble for reading. Um, and I read everything what I get could get my hands on. We had a small school library, and I think I, I read every book in that library. And um, my sister brought uh, a, a series of Tolstoy uh, Tolstoy books. Um, yeah. I think it was uh, 12 or something, uh, the 12 of them. With I think with 14, I read Anna Karenina, and with 18, I finished the whole series with War and Peace. I read everything I could get my my fingers on. Um, a voracious reader really constantly in the books and yeah, getting in trouble for that.
1: So your parents couldn't get you out of reading books. My parents yes. couldn't get me into the book. Well, you know, we're- Different people, but here we are, writing books. Yes, children's books. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Dana, on my previous podcast shows, I've always talked to the kids, in particular and Jenny about how I create my characters. And as I've said on numerous podcasts, I tend to use a formula of 14 points to create my characters. So that the kids can see, like how old the character is, what sex the character is, what the character wears, what they look like, um, where they come from. What do you use to build your character?
2: I use my. Uh, it's a kind of an inner film that I use. Uh, it's um, characters come to me. Characters. Be- are alive for me. I, I kind of see them. It's not really that they are alive in a sense that they are with the room, but I, I see them in my inner, in my inner world. They exist. And um, when there is a book um, in me that wants to come out, it doesn't let me in peace until I sit down and and, and get it on a paper. It's, it's present. It's very there. And so I always get this first draft out of me and really, Typing really, really fast to to follow this, to capture this in a film, and then I um, sometimes I have to leave that to settle, kind of, because it's it's uh, gets out of me, and then I I work on something else, and I come back and look at it fresh, fresh eyes, and then I look what is missing here, because I always see that whatever is happening there, I see it, um, I kind of I feel it. What 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 do do they send? Uh, what kind of world is it, what do they smell, what is that they wear, um, what is it they see, um, and all of that. So I check for these elements because it's like it, we paint a picture with our words. We, we paint a picture for our readers and we need to, uh, our brushstrokes need to complete all of this. We can't leave the space in between. We have to uh we have to fill it up so that this picture is complete for our um for our readers.
1: This is how I do it okay i uh, I use um another formula which I've often talked to the kids about if they look at my podcast um I use a triangle set for the characters, so I have my main character, the protagonist I then because you know I write for children's books. Um, age range between 8 to 13 and I then have sitting under that main protagonist or main character two to three uh, what I call sub-characters and they're generally friends of the the main character and they're there to support the main character and then I have sitting under those characters, what I call, um, when I was taught, they you were know, floating characters. These are characters, um, Dana, that come in and out of the story, just to move it along. And looking at the way that you write, uh, I was fascinated to see. wonder was, you know, when I look at some of your, uh, your writings, was, you know, are we on the same wavelength? Do you use the same sort of structure?
2: I do use um, I do use the structure uh, in a but, but in a different kind of sense. Um, I have the the balance at first. I have the, the main character and who is the first supporting character who is giving the strength to the main character who is making the character more or less shine. Um, And that can be an antagonist or can be the supporting one who actually is an exchange. Like in Rana's adventure with Mother Earth, Rana meets Mother Earth and they take on on an adventure. So these two are on a journey, but they are not alone. There is a grandmother, and there's the Beagle, um, Elvin. So these two are, uh, are there. And of course, everybody, the, the, the floating characters that Wana meets, all the friends and children of Mother Earth on, on the journey. Uh, because Vanna's adventure with Mother Earth uh, is Mother Earth is our planet, our beautiful planet. So, uh, the book had to represent our planet somehow, and so I took the characters, the floating characters, from different parts of the world, um, they, and they, all of them talk, talk to Vana. Um, so I, with this, with my choice of this, I also wanted to represent the beauty of the of our incredible planet. This changes from book to book, of course. In, uh, in Explain Life to Me, Please, um, I have two stories. This is a book for adults. I have two stories. In the, in the one story, Thomas has to make some decisions about his life. And there I have him as a protagonist and I have two of his colleagues as uh, antagonists, more or less. One is more antagonist than the other and then i have uh, all of the everybody in in the in his work in his company that are supporting the story because he is a managing director and he has to uh, make some serious serious um, choices and decisions about his life and in a parallel story thomas talks to a frog and is uh, asked by a frog, Frog Robbie, a very impertinent frog, frog, I have to say. This very impertinent frog, he's asked to explain human life to him. And that one, I leave just the two in a dialogue because this is the sparing that they do is what makes the story uh, funny and uh, lighthearted. And it's an invitation to, yeah, to enjoy life and you know, not so much to be so fixated on so many things we are. So it, it switches from story to story. It's, not, it's, it's different.
1: Well, we all have to adapt our, you know, our characters and the way that we do things, but what the story's going to be. Um, I'm, I'm going to throw a little cheeky little question at you here. I'm wondering your character, Varna. is there a little bit of her in you as a child? When you were growing up, uh, with mom? Oh,
0: probably, probably, mm,
2: probably. I, I would, I would assume. Um, well, she's a little bit. I, I, no, I, I believe uh, it's more of children that I, I met in in Germany are more in her than uh, than me. And, um, and I don't have this one illustration. When we published the book, this one illustration got out. But I would, if I ever. Uh, and did this put this illustration into the book? I would insist that Vana is pictured with uh, black hair and uh, black curls, because the the girl, uh, one of the girls who inspired me in the neighborhood uh, to to write this story, was at uh, that time ten years old, and she had black curls. That's so really I would insist crap. that Vana that Vana has uh, actually hair like her. She's now. Uh, of course older but this is why i also wrote the book for that age because this is uh, the other kids two more boys for approximately uh one year younger and then the other kids were a little bit younger but i wrote it actually for that age because she understood
1: more it's funny how you said that Barna, um donna about uh oh your character you know black uh and then curly hair and because when i uh create the characters you know that's one of the things i have to you know, one of the points, you know, what colour hair have they got? Because, you know, when you're writing away, sometimes you know, somebody's going to pick up when you've actually said, oh, at one part of the book you've got the character with black curly hair and then you've somehow you've forgotten what colour hair they had and what type of hair they've got and you've gone red straight hair. Somebody's going to go, hello, that's different. And you're going, ah, oh, yes. <laughs> and that's why I have my points and I keep going back to them. What's the colour of the hair? what's the, yeah. uh, what's, you know, didn't wear glasses. Uh, yes. They took their glasses off, well, they didn't have glasses, so they wouldn't take them off. So that's why I have the point formula.
2: Yeah, yeah, of course. No, I, I, I have a, a lecturer also who <laughs> proofreads everything for, uh, for that point. Although I'm very visual and I see all of that, um, which helps me, of course, when I, uh, to avoid these things, I still have uh, um, a person um, in charge of Making the last,
1: the editor. The, the last, editor. the polish
2: out. Yeah, yeah.
1: Are you a person? Because I, I love to people watch. You know, to go to uh, a pub or a bar or a cafe shop and sit there, and I'm quite happy to sit and just observe people, watch people, and think about, oh, I wonder what their life's about. And that's how some of my characters have come about. Do you do the same?
2: Well, I do. I I, I love people. I love people so much. Actually, um, during this time when I wrote this book for adults, I, of course, you know, writing is a solitary um, task. And during that time, I missed uh, humans sometimes so much that I would go into the downtown, into the what's called it in German, the pedestrian zone, and I would walk around just to be surrounded by people and observe them, of course. I have, a, I have a small book booklet with me. I have a small notebook with me all the time where I write when I have an idea. I write it down if I'm not at my at my desk. And I also write uh, curious things about humans, what I observed. I remember driving, a, taking a train once, and there was this woman across from me, and she had her toenails um actually very long and painted in a very very bright colors and with patterns on it and all of this and i kind of found that very very interesting because it's something i wouldn't do but you know if i needed to write about somebody who's who does that very very fits of course i would i would get inspired by her toenails um just telling the little details because you know, um, there's so many things you and I might not do, but somebody else will, and these things are still interesting.
1: Oh, I find people fascinating. Uh, yeah. And I, I, I have an MP3 player. It's a little um, machine that I carry around my pocket. And if I've got an idea about something, I'll just record it and store it there. Um, Donna, can I take you on to move away from characters? Can we go to the plot? Yes. Um, I use uh, um, the plot, I split it into two different sections. The first section is I split it into scenery. I split it in so that it's where in the world is the character, what's the topography like, what's the weather like, the climate, what time of the year, um, what, um, you know, the, the, the general. Uh, background is. And then on the other side, the flip side, I have the storyline itself. And the reason why I do it that way is because my book, Smart Kids, is 17 short stories and they're from all around the world. So I have to say where they are, what time of year I'm talking about, because there's no point in saying, oh, they, it's 40 degrees, but they were wearing a duffel coat. Well, you wouldn't be wearing a duffel coat in 40 degrees temperature. <laughs> so, how do you, you know, when I've looked at your book, I'm thinking, I wonder how uh, Donna goes about creating her plot. How do you go about it?
2: Well, I, uh, as you said, I set the stage um, at first um, with, with books, um, with, with all of my books. Um, with Vanna, I set, of course, the start, but she's visiting her grandmother uh, again. She's coming from the city. And, She's visiting her, her grandmother at at, uh, so the grandmother is preparing the breakfast and it's a classic uh, morning and then Vanna ventures out, and then from there the journey starts. So I set set the stage where she is, um, what is happening, and uh, we come back of course to that later. So this is um, this is one of the ways. The something similar is also in the in the other book. Explain life to me, please. Um, Thomas is walking to to a restaurant and on that walk I set up that he's walking over fallen leaves and that he is pulling his coat together because the wind is is colder. So I indicate which time of the year this could be. Without really going if it's November or December, I leave it to the readers. But I do set the stage that this is a a rather colder day for, for him because he has to get his jacket um, jacket closer, uh, and from there, I also in that story I say this is the day, he Thomas is in it in the first person, and Thomas says this is a day that where my life changes. But at this point, while I'm walking to the restaurant, I don't know yet. So I, I'm setting also the readers: uh, this is going to be a journey. This his life is going to change in the next pages. So what's going to happen?
1: Listening to you there, uh, Darna. I think you are a bit like me and about the other authors that I've been talking to. When you're writing the story, I think you can actually see the set. You can see, uh, you know, as if you're the film. You know, you can oh, absolutely, the oh, absolutely.
2: Oh, oh, I'm in there. <laughs> I'm, I'm the. This film is happening, and I'm there, sitting, standing by this by sidelines and watching the film happen. Yeah, yeah,
1: that's very visual. You know, I do exactly the same. I'm like, I'm behind, not the cameraman, but the person beside the camera. Yes. And yeah. I can tell them, you know, exactly where the characters are in relation to each other. You know. Exactly. Is exactly. Uh, the character in my books, I'm writing at the moment, uh, Charlie, is Ben to his right or to his left? And where is Dahlia? Uh, and I know where all that is and what is on in front of them. And where's the scenery? and, I, and when yeah. I looked at the book um, your book I'm thinking, I think I think Donna does exactly the same thing um, yes yes yes, but I'm also fascinated to know is are you a person who sits down and plots the the storyline in the nth degree even before you've opened up the laptop to write up words, or are you Somebody like me, you just write as it goes along. You know where the start is, but you know where the end is. But the bit in the middle is, let's see where it goes.
2: No, it depends. The first book, I um, actually changed. Originally, I had the the story from Thomas' perspective, then from his wife's perspective, and then the conversation with the frog. And I found that one them was too ma- way too too much, so I took the wife out because the conversation with the frog is a male it's the male talking to the frog, so I kept Thomas and his life changing because it's actually for him more um, his wife had a role of an observer, so I took her out a bit with the parent one of the books I'm working on right now I even wrote the CVs for this for my for my people for um, i I had them all. Plants, because what is their age when they were born? Because this also defines which events they witnessed and what shaped them and what happened and all of this. So, with these people, I I even wrote their CVs.
1: Do you feel that um, a good start to a book is vital?
2: Oh yes, absolutely. It's it's reading or not reading it's the decision
1: <laughs> when I go into the scores or when I go into give talks about my books I always say to people you know they say to me you know what's the most important part of the book and I say the start because you only get a chapter or two chapters at the very most to engage with your reader if you don't they're not going to turn the pages would you agree
2: oh yeah lost lost lose them would lose them
1: and and the ending? Do you believe that you should tie up all the loose ends, or do you sometimes leave a few loose ends open just to um, get the reader to ponder a bit?
0: Again, it depends on on the story. Because with the frog story, I offer a lot of food for thought there. So the 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 ending is uh, surprising, um, but it's. Uh, it's kind of clean. Uh, it's a kind of clean because it, it closes the story nicely and connects with the parallel story. What you know, What because the leader might ask along the story, what's the connection? With One uh, uh, with Eye, it was very, it was a little bit different. I, uh, again, close the story um, like uh, with the farm. But I also had a message that I really wanted to share. I wanted to share the message here, but I, I had a message and I wanted the book to finish with that message.
1: So, who, who do you see um, as your market, Dana? Who do you write for?
0: Well, I actually write for people who want to reacquaint themselves with Mother Earth again. I, for all of my books doesn't matter if they're for adults or children. Vanas Adventure with Mother Earth was written for, for children because it, it was inspired by children and it was written for children 10 to 12 years old. Children who have enough uh, schooling what they've done to understand the, the planet, understand a ge- little bit of ge- about geography, understand the plants and animals and all that.
1: Uh, you yourself, I mean, what sort of books do you like to read? I love to write. I love to read crime fiction and spy books because they make me turn the pages. You know, who did it? Who's the guilty person? Oh, really? That's my genre, you know, crime and spy. And that's why my new book is, um, I'm writing at the moment. It's a spy book because I just love those books. That's my genre. What's your genre? What do you love reading?
0: I like um uh, contemporary ballatristic, I would call it. it's It's a bit difficult to define because I like authors from different parts of the world. my favorite My favorite author is from El Michaels from Canada. She's actually a poet, and she wrote two prosa books and which are so incredibly beautiful that I can read them over and over and over again. My second favorite author is Eli Shafak, who is from Turkey. Um, an incredible, uh, woman who is also an incredible storyteller. Um, I just finished writing, um, uh, reading a book by an American author a, a few days back. I read a few of her books. There's the British author, Georgia Moyes, who I like reading. Um, so this really depends. I don't know. It's, 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 I, I always joke that, um, because I love books so much, I always say there is a bookstore blocking my way, way again. I can't understand this. There was a bookstore again. Yeah. I I don't know where it came from, but I had to, I stumbled into the bookstore and I had to buy a book. And it's it depends what I find.
1: You have a broad aspect to your reading. That's what I'm claiming yeah. from. Yes,
0: yes, yes. Uh, I do, and it depends on uh, on the country and you know, because of traveling and all of that. I and mean,
1: before before COVID. Oh. I mean, yeah. I, at the moment, see, if I haven't got a book to read, I, it's like um, I've lost my right arm. At the yes. moment, there's there's seven books on the bedside table, and uh, the book I'm reading at the moment is a crime book, and it's by Ross Watkins, and she's local; she just lives up the road here, and um, so you know. Here I am when I go to the kids. I say life is a journey because I've gone from hating books to loving books to writing books. And and not to have a book, you know, I I just feel bereft if I haven't got one. And so, and this is what, you know, I like to get across to the kids when I go into the schools, you know, life is a journey. It'll have many ups Mm. and downs. And, you know, you have to adapt to the ups and the downs just as much. And, uh, you know, a lot of uh, people ask me, says, so, "The inspiration for the smart kids, the characters, why you put them there? So I've been to lots of those places and I've seen, these are the things that I've seen. And as I said to you, I'm a great person who sits and people watch. I got an awful lot of my stories from just watching people um, as I was in those countries, observing them, watching what's happening and remembered it. And when I was writing the stories, I, I recalled all that. Even though it wasn't written down anywhere, it was stored somewhere in the back of my logical brain.
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: But, um, I mean, I'm writing a present book at the moment. Is, what's, in the, what's coming down the pipeline for you? you know, are you writing another book? What's your plans, Donna?
0: Well, I'm actually uh, I'm writing a, I'm in the process of analyzing short stories. Ah. And I'm a, I already started writing the I wrote it started writing the sequel for Vanna. this time, it's playing in the city, not in not in, not in the ah. village. So that's that's coming up um, down the pipeline. And in the short stories, there are some unusual characters who speak. Let's put it that way.
1: There you go. You see, well, Dana, it's been fascinating talking to. You. I've learned, you know of the. This uh, little chat that we've had here and the previous chats we've had on Zoom, I've learned so much about you, uh, why you write uh, your books, what's the thinking behind your books, the process, how you go about it. And it's it's interesting to see how, you know, a lot of us, we all tend to work from the same page, you know, we have a formula, we have characters, we have plots, we have imagination, creativity. And that's the general theme that I'm picking when I'm doing all these uh, interviews with authors. I love talking to people. I love talking to people from different parts of the world. So talking to you today has been absolutely fantastic. I would like to thank you for coming on the show. So, kids, ladies and gentlemen, Donna, thank you very much for coming on the show. Thank you, J.D. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. Next week, kids, um, adults... Whoever's listening, I'm going to be talking to to Simon Elstrom. He's a young um, author. He's 20. He's from the United Kingdom, uh, down near London, and he's uh, self-published his book, Hades Forest. So I'm going to be talking to him about how he creates his character, what made him write, what has inspired him. So until next week, guys, stay safe and enjoy life. Thank you for listening.
0: Thanks for listening to The Smart Kids. Want to follow more of their adventures? Check out The Smart Kids by JT Crowley on Amazon.com now.